I am the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to My First Time, the podcast that debates, disputes and discusses pop culture classics. Each episode, someone on our panel takes on the role of the first time of the person who is correcting a gap in their pop culture knowledge. Will that first timer see what the fuss is or just be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hola. And Aiden. Catchphrase. And this week, we are at the bottom of the ninth with The Sandlot. Or as you might know it, the Sandlot Kids, depending yes. on what part of the world you're listening. I really needed clarification on that. <laughs> well, it's it was a around the time when Mighty Ducks was released as well, and in Australia it was called Champions, but everywhere else it was called Mighty Ducks. Same for Sandlot. Really? They didn't think we would understand what a Sandlot was, so it was the Sandlot Kids to make it whoa, 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 whoa. easier for Mighty Australian Ducks. audiences. Mighty Ducks was called the Champions here in Australia? In Australia, yeah. Yep. Really? I don't. I, yep. I, I. That blows my mind. Just champions. I've only yeah. ever known it as Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Did they call the sequels Mighty Ducks? Uh, the sequel is. I think it's D two in brackets. Mighty Ducks or something. Is, is that anyway? We we're off onto a different oh, man, Disney that, that, franchise. Sorry, that but just. <laughs> but they but they had a habit of doing this for Australia in the early nineties yeah. because they thought we we're all idiots. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm interested, actually, to know. I wonder if it was called Champions 2 in Australia. It just seems... Because, like, I know that the movie Airplane in America is called Flying High Here and Flying High 2 as opposed to Airplane 2. Um, Get out. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's Airplane. And Airplane 2, the sequel. <laughs> I always assumed there was one of those I hadn't seen or something. <laughs> I didn't even know they were the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, but that was the thing. I always... I thought that when we were talking about it prior to doing the episode, that we were talking about the Sandlot Kids, and then I, f- I feel like I, s- I found a copy called the Sandlot Kids. I feel like I looked it up on IMDb and it said the Sandlot Kids, and then suddenly I was only getting results for the Sandlot, and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, so they probably reverted to its original title um, when, you know, the internet took over and we're all, you know, level playing field, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, in the 90s, it was definitely called The Sandlot Kids in Australia, for sure. It made me unsure if I was watching the right thing, and I was meant to be watching, like, an adult film, like, a film with adults in it, and then someone had released, like, a kid's version, The Sandlot Kids. (laughs) I I had no idea. Like the Flintstones babies or Muppets Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) Tiny Tunes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The Sandlot is a gritty show about deadbeat dads rediscovering their love of baseball as they manage divorce. That sounds okay. <laughs> uh, why is this a first-timer for you, Eden, as we launch on a little uh, sport series? Yeah, I think I think it's probably 
obvious to people who have listened to the podcast that I'm just not a sporty guy, really. And so, like, the sports movies have never been... Like, the Mighty Ducks, I saw, I think, in primary school because it was shown to us at one point. Never really thought about it. Yeah, forced. Yeah, I I, I was forced. I think... I've seen The Blind Side, and I think I only saw that because it won an Oscar, and I was older and was like, well, I'll give it a go. Cool Runnings? I've seen Cool Runnings once, and that was after, like, I was, I was dating a girl at the time, and she was like, oh, we should watch this movie, and I thought it was a bit she, of a laugh. <laughs> was she a Jamaican bobsledder? Yes, actually, she was. Oh. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> Even... Even as a child, Eden, were you deliberately avoiding sport films? Would sport films come out? Every kid in your class is talking about them. Every kid is talking about the flying V. And <laughs> you're just like, these, these cretins. Yeah. I'm going to go and watch some I'm Shakespeare. Go and yeah. Watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think I ever deliberately avoided them. I don't recall my friends in primary school watching them, but that was probably because I was hanging out with the nerdier kids. So, like, yeah, I don't know. They just never really appeared. Like, sci-fi movies definitely did. Fantasy movies definitely did. Some horrors. But the sports one never... Kids don't watch sci-fi films, Eden. Kids may not. I do. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, all the other kids weren't watching that. Yeah, but... I don't know. Uh, yeah, they just weren't on my radar, and like they weren't in my circle of friends, so they just disappeared. Like I, I saw Toy Story like criminally late in life because it just wasn't around. <laughs> so what were you watching when you were ten years old? My dad really liked showing me sort of older, cool movies. So I'd seen Star Wars by that point. I'd definitely seen some Star Trek. I'd seen. Like, Lost in Space, Back to Sorry, the Future. Sorry, I'm confused. <laughs> you, you said the word cool. What, are you, are you going to name the cool ones now? Yeah, no, I've been doing nothing but naming the cool ones. <laughs> Maybe the microphone and uh, yeah, headphone real cool. setups. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, Indiana Jones is on the list. This, like, original Superman movie. These are great movies. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> movies. But, like, I think, yeah, my dad was just probably going to show me these ones because these are the movies that he loved. And so... That's what I saw, and yeah, like these uh, sports movies just weren't there. <laughs> so you basically had a childhood devoid of childhood movies. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I did, and that's that's what my partner, Kirsty always says. She's just constantly like, oh, you should have seen this by now. Even though Kirsty had not seen The Sandlot either. <laughs> Oh, that is fascinating. Well, if, like Eden, you were too busy with the uh, thrills of King Lear to be pursuing <laughs> little paltry Disney tidbits, then here's a little bit about the Sandlot to bring you up to speed. The Sandlot is a feel-good blast of Americana nostalgia set in 1962. It tells the story of Scott Smalls, who has just moved with his mum and his stepdad Bill, played by Dennis Leary, to an LA working-class suburb. Smalls, as he is referred to in the film, is pitifully short of the cool, manly qualities so present in the rough-and-tumble gang of neighbourhood kids who play baseball incessantly at the local Rundown Diamond. Is that relatable, Eden? 
He can't catch, he can't throw, and he doesn't know who the great Bambino is. The last alone, enough to consign him to major L7 weenie status. But his neighbour, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, the leader of the baseball-loving pack, takes pity on Smalls, and under Benny's wing, Smalls is able to finally fit in and be embraced by the kids he so desperately wants to impress. Here the film splits into a series of vignettes. The boys have a sleep out, they thrash the local rich kids on their own turf, and they spew chewing tobacco everywhere at the local fair. They even get banned from the local pool when group member Squints Paladoras fakes drowning to pull a move on babe lifeguard Wendy Peppercorn. But the film's ultimate act occurs when the gang lose their only ball and Smalls swipes his stepdad's signed Babe Ruth baseball so the gang can keep playing. Worse, the Babe Ruth ball is then belted by Smalls over the fence of mean old Mr Myrtle's where it is claimed by the gigantic mean bull hoarding mega dog, The Beast. The Beast, who, oh George, has only shown in part into the film's final scenes as the stuff of urban legend. It killed robbers, even ate a kid, and The Beast proves too strong, cunning, and clever for the boys as they go through an increasingly elaborate series of attempts to retrieve the Babe Ruth Bowl. Ultimately, it is up to Benny the Jet, who was visited by Babe Ruth in a dream, to retrieve the ball on foot and face the Beast man to man. This leads to the beast becoming trapped under a fallen fence and when Small and Benny save the dog, they finally meet mean old Mr Myrtle, who they discover is a former New York Yankee, played by James L. Jones, who trades them the chewed up Babe Ruth ball for a ball signed by the entire 1927 New York Yankees team. The Sandlot was moderately to warmly received when released and uh, put in a decent little box office. But it was on the VHS market that the film really struck gold, becoming a much-watched family favourite and now cult classic. Loved by kids for its humour, action and quotability, and by their parents for the trip down memory lane. But of course, none of that matters on this podcast, where tonight it is all about the opinion of today's first-timer, Eden. So Eden, what say you? Is the Sandlot a home run at the bottom of the ninth, with the bases loaded, or just an ugly foul ball best left in the dugout of history. I think that you said it was you said it was uh, um, lukewarmly received, uh, but critically, yes. Yeah, I I agree with that reception. I think it was. Fine. I thought that there were some really fun bits. It was incredibly pop culturally relevant. Like, there were so many things in it that I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize that that was in this movie, this, like, bit. Give me an example. Yeah. I think that the uh, the kid, the kid when he's, kid, like, pulling the move to get kissed by Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> yep, Peppercorn. Peppercorn. I think that I've seen that a bunch of times in either like Simpsons, Family Guy, kind of animated stuff where they're parodying that kind of thing. Uh, I've definitely seen like the um, the getting chased by the dog sort of slow motion scene in a bunch of things. There were actually a, so many things in this movie that I thought were in Stand By Me, the Stephen King movie. <laughs> And I almost need to go back and watch that movie now as well to see if they are in it or not. Like, 
I thought it had a very similar vibe to that film as well, where it's about, like, you know, someone reminiscing about childhood, where the summers go on forever, and, uh, you know, it's just about hanging out with the friends, there's no adults around... The, I mean, the interesting question, of course, when you watch a kid's film as an adult is you've lukewarmly received it as an adult. How do you think 10-year-old Eden might have received it? I think I'm... I, I don't know. I think I might have hated it. <laughs> Can I throw something out, Eden? Because I also am not a sporty guy. I okay. <laughs> uh, do not do well with the balls. Um, but... <laughs> Despite all that, I loved this film as a kid because I right. think a part of me could relate to Smalls and I was very thankful for all of the uh, Bennies in my life growing up that still included me in sports and things despite my poor abilities and that feeling of wanting to be part of a club or a gang or, or a, a group of guys. Like, I just... I longed for that and I loved it. And, and right. I remember watching this as, uh, I, I must've been roughly like eight or 10, like roughly the age of the kids in the film, watching it at a sleepover, which is, you know, in the film as well. Like it was the sweet spot for as far as like target audience. And I lapped it up despite the right. fact that I'd never played baseball nor any other team sports really. Did you play baseball I don't know whether... as a result of it? <laughs> no, I, I don't like baseball. I, I don't care for it at all. But I don't know whether baseball is the central theme. I think the central theme is friendship and wanting yeah. to be included in things. No, I completely agree. I think, yeah, baseball is just the, the sort of the canvas that the story yeah. is painted on. And like, but I still don't think that as a kid I would have liked it because the, the the base like the sort of that that canvas almost wasn't enough of a exciting story for 10 year old me i think i as an adult probably enjoyed it more than i would have as a kid um but like what about the goonies the goonies have like a sort of a mystery that they're solving there's like you know a bit more in a, of an adventure vibe yeah but it's it's not one or the other like i can enjoy no both. i know yeah but like and I think I, with I like Bucks. the Goonies, yeah. I think this still has the adventure vibe. This is, you know, not only is there like the little sort of vignette adventures, but like the giant dog, the getting the ball back. It's yeah. got the, all the contraptions that your kids love in movies, you know, the kids doing ingenious things that they could never actually do. It's got that trope in spades. <laughs> uh, and, and it's full of like little things when you're a kid, like uh, squints, kissing peppercorn and the chewing tobacco and there's all oh. these like little things in it where you're like oh wouldn't that be so cool yeah like, it, it was it was the sort of movie you watched as a 10 year old and you just wished that was your life like well s'mores i'd never heard of or seen s'mores before until i saw this film and and then i like wanted to make them like i was like nagging mum, like oh we need to make this thing called s'mores um i think that was the first time i'd heard of it yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me too. I mean, that was so American. And I reckon I pestered my parents too, but they were like, no, we don't do that American <laughs> snack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I think still for me, and I, I, you, I, I agree that it's not one or the other with regards to like Goonies or this, but 
they do have that same kind of, you know, it's a kid vibe. It feels like it's set during a time where there's no real need to worry about school or anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that for me, the Goonies resonates more, maybe just because it's a bit more uh, colourful. And, and maybe it is partly just because I'm not a sporty person that that element, even though it is just a background kind of thing that's constantly happening... I kind of go, uh, I'm not interested in you playing baseball. <laughs> that that said, there were plenty of things in the movie that I liked. You know, I thought the vomit scene in the carnival was repulsive. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. And that was great. <laughs> you know? Um, things like uh, the... Yeah, all of the stuff with the dog I thought was really cool. I liked... Um, uh, the the stepdad's stuff and thinking, oh man, this guy's like such a dick, <laughs> even though he he isn't. <laughs> he's just kind of focused on his own thing. Yeah, he's working hard to support the family. <laughs> he's inherited this ten year old kid who can't even like catch a ball. Yeah, I think it's just because like Dennis Leary looks sharp featured. <laughs> You're like, oh, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> Uh, what did you? Uh, uh, what would you say then, Eden? Is the height of the film for you? What bit uh, was it? The, was it the vomiting at the fair? Was there a bit <laughs> that you really enjoyed that sticks in your mind? Honestly, like one of the things I liked most about the movie uh, is the, is that kind of like is the narration for some reason like that. The, the older version of Smalls being just, like, t- telling the story. And every time he sort of chirped up, even though he maybe narrated too much at the beginning, I was just like, oh, this is this is a nice story vibe. And I think they, they captured that feeling of, like, yeah, being a kid in summertime, in America, just no, no concerns whatsoever, really, apart from those concerns that you build up inside your head when you're with a gang. Um, maybe the moment that I liked the most, even though it was really creepy, was the peppercorn scenes. <laughs> like, was it, was it creepy though? Like, he's a, he's a kid. Like, they're both roughly the right age. I didn't think it was. <laughs> he's like 10 and she's like 16, 17 at least, right? Yeah, so he's, yeah, I thought. he's pining after a, a, a slightly older woman, but it's not like it's... I, 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 no, I think the pining's fine, but... I did write this down as I as I was watching. And I said this scene wasn't good for the consent education yeah. of any '90s boy, was it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> it also plays into the troop of like the worst insult you can call somebody is a girl. Like there was a yeah, few of those I'm, sort of things in the film. I that wrote that down. Well, yeah, but but like you got to remember it's well, it's set in the '60s, so like that was that was accurate, really. Yeah, and when I was in reception, we all ran around all year saying girls are weak, chuck them in the creek, yes. boys are strong, like King Kong. That was life. Like, like in the sixties, of course you'd insult someone by saying they played ball like a girl. That's like is I know, the but king I, I just don't even think that would be included in a script these days, even if it was set in the sixties. Yeah. Oh no! And if you were making the Sandlot Kids these days, you'd have like at least one girl on the team that would be like incredibly good at baseball. <laughs> well, the sequels do feature girls because there were two follow-up films released 
a very long time later, like I think it was like early 2000s, so a good like 10, Whoa. 15 years after, there's the Sandlot 2 and there's some girls in that team. Okay. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. I feel like if you were making it today, the girl would be like, you know, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, but her name would be like... Bernadette. What's, what's Bernadette? <laughs> yeah, but everyone would call her Benny. Benny, and yeah. Bernadette <laughs> Rodriguez, the Jet. Have either of you looked into the plot lines of the sequels? I was actually just about to ask you about that. Like, is it about their kids or something? Okay, so we're going to play a fun little game right now then. Uh, so awesome. I'm going to tell you what number two is about. Number two is about another group of friends 10 years later that start playing on the same sort of field. It's pretty much just a remake of the first one. So, But there's more girls included and it's set uh, 10 years later. So I think it's like set in the 70s or whatever. So that's number two. Number three is what I want you to guess what you think the plot line would be about. Okay. And I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, you're not going to get it. So think wild. So so it's not about the kids of either the first or the second movie's protagonists? Incorrect. Wow, that seems like a (laughs) no-brainer. So it came out in 2007, I think. Um, So like a fair bit after the first film and and, and it was just called the, after the second one was it just called the sandlot three no uh oh <laughs> that the title might give it away so i don't want to tell you okay, what the, okay. the title is i will once you've locked in your guesses okay ah i think it's about a modern day baseball team like a professional major league baseball team and for some reason the power has gone out in the stadium. <laughs> some players aren't there and they desperately need to fill up those positions and so they get a bunch of kids in who are like, all right, and they win the day. Nope. Dan, you got anything? Okay. <laughs> um, I think that uh, the, the sequel is about a... Uh, about a bunch of kids who must save their local sandlot from greedy developers by staging a historic reenactment of the day that the great Bambino pointed uh, <laughs> to the stands and hit that home run. That, that sounds that's good. A, that's a better idea. Here's what it is. It's called the sandlot heading home. And I'm going to read you the little synopsis. Successful, arrogant baseball superstar Tommy Santa Santolini travels back in time to 1976. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm in. Keep going. (laughs) And relives his boyhood days on the Sandlot baseball team. Wow. That's... that's Thus, re like falling in love with the game and not being such a douche. Correct. Yes, he he was he was tired of playing. Yeah, no, I have I haven't seen it. I just did the research because I was like, oh, I wonder what the other ones are about, and uh, that one really took a a different turn. <laughs> but does that mean that he would be an adult, like his adult self, playing with his child self and a bunch of other children? Uh, I I don't know, Aiden. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> ludicrous. As much as I've got for you. I'm like, I'm a Back to the Future guy. 
it, oh, is it going to have like weird consent scenes as well? Because he'll be like a man in the body of a 10 year old trying to make out with a girl or Kissing something. Kissing the girl at the pool, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's actually like a like 40 year old baseball yeah. player or something. <laughs> oh my God, that is crazy. I, I did see that the uh, writer, I don't know if he directed it as well. I think he directed it as well. He did not do much else in his career. And I, I, I didn't see the plot lines, but I. I think he's involved with all of the sequels. Like, I think oh, he wow. wrote all of the sequels. Right. He made that Ed film. Was it with Ed with... Um, was that another baseball film about a monkey? I think it had... Um, Woody Harrison? Matt LeBlanc in it. No, I think... Wasn't it Matt LeBlanc? I don't know. Okay. Matt LeBlanc in a baseball film about a, with a monkey. <laughs> not Dunstan Checks In. No, not Dunstan Checks In. Maybe that's the Matt LeBlanc one, but this one's definitely a monkey baseball film. And, and heaps of his films involve baseball. It's like he's just been trying to like strike gold with the same thing again yeah. and again and again. Or get a home it's run. It's no good. Uh... <laughs> Thank All right, you. Thank final you. question before we move on to the scores. Uh, I know, or sort of two questions, but Eden... I think as a well, I watched this so many times as a kid that it became very quotable for me. Mm. What would you pick out as one of the most quotable moments? Great question. Ooh, 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 ooh. I, ooh, I don't know. I'm trying to think about a quote from the film because, like, I wrote down the "you play ball like a girl" line. <laughs> um. No, you're killing me, Eden. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know any. The, the like right way over, over his head. His head. <laughs> yeah, the, the great Hambino like one. He had a bunch of fun lines. Anything where they're talking about Babe Ruth and the 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 kid not knowing about him. No. What is it? You're killing me, Smalls. That's a thing? I don't remember. They say it so many times in the movie. Uh, and You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> and, and Dan, I don't know about you, but we cracked out a lot of like L7 Weedy or whatever <laughs> they do with their hands. Yeah. How many times do you think you guys have seen the movie? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking about this while watching it. I have not seen it probably since I was like an early teen. Yeah. But I knew every... Wow. Scene. I could have almost like quoted the movie. Like I would have seen it so many times. Yeah. So I will still like in my head today. Sometimes I'll still be like frustrated with someone. I'll be like, "Oh, you're killing me, Smalls." <laughs> like that stuck with me my whole life. The other one that I will actually say whenever I can slot it in is forever. Yes. Forever. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember the bit. <laughs> I'm sick of talking to you, Eden. Uh, Aiden, as a fellow lover of the film, what would you say is uh, your favourite part of the movie? Uh, well, I do love the uh, sleepover. Like, I remembered that really clearly and wanting a treehouse that good. I was like, oh, that would be incredible. I've never seen a treehouse that good in real life. Um and I do really love the pool scene. I, just, I, I was laughing sitting watching it as a grown adult going, oh, I wish I was that kid. Like, good on him. Like, I just thought it was the best. 
I think the face he makes when he's like, you know, he's like uh, lying on the concrete, they're doing the sepia, and then he looks at his friend yes. and he pulls this like the cheekiest, dirtiest little face. Oh, it was it's disgusting. So funny. It was, it's gross. It's just shenanigans. <laughs> just all round shenanigans. That's one what of the I things love most about the film. It is literally just <laughs> them getting up into mischief and chaos throughout the whole way. Uh, I did write down that the kids are like genuinely ugly and i think that's a really really good thing in the movie like they aren't that kind of like hollywood kid cute they're not cute kids they are all repulsive <laughs> oh except for benny the jet he's a handsome young man and well he is a handsome young got man. the crossover that's also in mighty ducks oh really hmm. what what yeah he's in mighty ducks as well he plays um lewis or ah. Luis. yeah I think there's a film called The Big Green that came out not long after The Sandlot Kids that reuses some of the cast. Apparently, it's quite good. It's a soccer movie, and it's got the, it's got, uh, it's got Hamilton, the little uh, ginger fat kid. Yeah, uh, Ham's yeah. been in a few things. He's still acting today. He was in Boston Legal a fair bit. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, he's, he's he looks pops up exactly like himself in the film. Like, you look this guy up yeah. today. I've seen him on Instagram. He he looks exactly like his 10-year-old self. It's like remarkable. He's got the same shape, the same face, the same build. It's incredible. Nice. All right, let's move on to the scores. We'll be back. We'll return after these messages. All right, well, it is time to recommend the thing you have been enjoying, if not the most, at least... Uh, quite a lot in the past little while. Let's start with you, E-Man. Oh, what have you got for me? And you've got 20 seconds to plug it. Go. I'm going to recommend a TV show called The Righteous Gemstones. It is by Danny <laughs> McBride, and it is hilarious. It's quite dark, quite twisted. It is about a family, a rich family, of sort of Southern American uh, evangelists and the trials and tribulations up. that that family goes through. It can be watched on Foxtel uh, Go, I Time's think it's up. called. <laughs> well, just a little bit of it, bit at the end. <laughs> you take too long in the leading up parts to actually tell what it's about. I don't want to rush people, through that people can't hear. <laughs> people can Google where to stream it. They don't need. I feel to like tell every them. other recommendation I've ever given, someone afterwards says, "And where can this be watched?" And I'm caught out. <laughs> Because I, like, don't know. <laughs> I panicked. I looked through where it can be watched. It can be watched on Foxtel Go. <laughs> that actually reminds me. What's the one that's getting a bit of Oscar buzz for? Is it Jessica Chastain? Um, something about Tammy Baker, who was a tele-evangelist in the oh. 80s. And they, yeah. her and her husband turned out to be, like, con men, like yeah. nearly every televangelist in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah I, it, it certainly has, like, a Righteous Gemstone-sounding vibe to it. <laughs> okay, Aiden, your 20 seconds begins now. I'd like to recommend the TV show Bel Air. And if you're not familiar with the storyline, it's about... Um, a young man from West Philadelphia, where he was born and raised, on a playground is where he spent most of his days, uh, chilling out, maxing and relaxing, and all cool, and shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys that were up to no good started making trouble in his neighbourhood, got in one little fight, and his mum got scared. Thumbs up, thankfully. Auntie and uncle stop, stop! 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 <laughs> it's a gritty retelling. It's great. 
Are all the episodes dumped? Have you been watching them all? No, there's three episodes up and then they're uploading each week now. Like once a week, there's a new episode that drops and there's like little homages to the old show, but most of it's pretty um, dark as well. Like there's a lot of swearing, a lot of violence um, that you definitely would have, wouldn't have got at four o'clock after school each week. Do you, do you want that in a sort of Fresh Prince reboot in a way? Do you want the grimy darkness? Because it's for now an adult audience. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's kind of like a little bit like the OC, but more violent and, and dark and stuff. Like, like it's got that, like, he's from the wrong side of the tracks and there's people out to kill him and, you know, the family politics of the dad that's going through into becoming a district attorney, but trying to cover up everything. And it's, it's good. It's really good. And the thing I would say as well, um, being the whitest man in Australia by far, um, it's very, um, what's the best way to put this? Uh, it's, it's feels like it's a lot more catering, uh, to its, its proper audience. It, you know, I feel like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air might have whitewashed a fair bit to make it, oh, it's friendly for everyone. It's good for black people, white people, whoever, you know, like they watered down their actual culture, whereas this is really high rich in um, African-American culture and, and, and don't try and make it for a white audience. I, I, I know that doesn't come out quite right, but it's actually really good. Has Will Smith had any involvement in it? He executive produces, but there's no music from him. Um, and then there's no appearances or anything like that. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Season two, I'm hoping he's the dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that at least at some point there's a big drop of Willie style in a scene. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's got, there's lots of little bits here and there. Like he's got a friend named Trey, which is like a homage to Will Smith's son in real life. And anyway, I'm nerding out on it. I love it. Do you think it would be accessible for people who haven't seen the original series? Yeah. So my wife hasn't seen the original series and, uh, Leah has been enjoying it. She's like, she really likes it too, but she really gets annoyed every time. I'm like, Oh, get it. He, Hey, Hey, he's turning his jacket inside (laughs) out. Like he did on the original show. And she's like, Uh, shut up. Yeah. Now that sounds like it could be annoying. (laughs) <laughs> yes what do you got Dan what are you recommending right. well in the unlimited time that I've given myself <laughs> I would like to recommend uh, a podcast called The Rumour keeping it baseball themed uh, for our uh, baseball themed podcast today it's about the rumour that um, one of the Major League Baseball teams in America faked a power outage so that their star player could have his unbeaten run of consecutive games continue because what I, the rumor is that the reason he wasn't actually able to play that night is because he'd gone home to fetch like his glove or something and he found Kevin Costner in bed with his wife. They came to blows... <laughs> And the team decided to uh, fake a power outage so that uh, Cal Ripken Jr. could still play the game the next day. So is it set in the 90s? Is that when this incident happened? or? Uh, yeah, yeah. This would be early early 90s, I reckon. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, mid-90s at, at the latest, probably. Wow. <laughs> that sounds incredible. 
Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, and it's, I think it's, because it's basically a conspiracy theory, but it's refreshing in this day and age where conspiracy theories are actually just doing so much damage to society to just spend some time with a little fun, interesting one. Yeah, it doesn't sound you know, political in any way. It's just sort of a very domestic story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really well done. It's a nice bit of storytelling. What was it called again? The Rumour. The Rumour. All right, time to get some digits on the scoreboard. iPhone test. Aiden. Um, yeah, it held up reasonably well, but you have to bear in mind that it is a kid's film and I'm a grown adult and I have seen it a lot of times. So there was a lot of curiosity from me like, oh, I wonder what he's doing now. I wonder what they're doing now and things. Uh, so three and a half, I'll give it. Eden. Yeah, I've already said that like, yeah, it didn't quite gel with me. I'm going to go two and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. I think it. I think the fact it's pretty snappy that it jumps from bit to bit helps. But yeah, it, it is a kids' film. If you're watching it as an adult, it's not. Uh, it's not go to woe gripping. Mm. Uh, cultural significance. You hinted that you think this might be high. I'm intrigued to see your score later, Eden. But we're gonna start with Aiden today. Yeah, I, I think it's high. There's a lot of like iconic music in it. Um, there's uh, a lot of bits and tropes that do get used in other films um simply for the fact that i learned what smalls were i think i learned what babe ruth was or who he was um you know there's, there's lots of bits in it but the mere fact that eden you hadn't really heard of it or seen it and it hasn't got that same legacy of some of the other films we have talked about like mighty ducks or um you know other films of that era Oh, it's hard to give it more than a three, I think. Eden. I'm actually, I'm going to go higher. I think that, I, I, I completely agree with everything you said there. But like, the music is pretty, like, amazing. That era mm. of music is pretty incredible. Um, and I think as well, like, I, I, I would have heard about Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle hilariously from episodes of I Love Lucy. Um, but... <laughs> That's what you were watching as a 10-year-old. Yeah, no, I definitely was, definitely. Um, but no, like, I think that even like the, the great Hambino actor, he, he he was familiar. And there were, yeah, like you said, so many bits and pieces that were in it that I've seen elsewhere. And I, like, I, can't, I can't tell if it's from Stand By Me or The Sandlot. And it could be in both. And if it's in both, then maybe it is just like that thing that these things were super popular i'm gonna go four a very solid four well it, it was it was films of there was a lot of family films of that era that were released like from 93 to 95 produced by disney and they they just were all around they were all on vhs they were all there at the video store when you went on a friday night with the family like you worked your way through all of those mm, yeah yeah and i think like anything that's really well set in the past. And I think this is actually for a kid's film. Like it really captures that early 60s. I think the costuming is amazing. I think the sets are great. 
And so I think when you watch it back, it has a timelessness. Whereas if you watch something set in 92, made in 92, it feels really dated. But this is meant to feel dated, so therefore it feels timeless. Yes, yeah. And it yeah. holds up. And I think that, yeah, yeah, and I think that has really helped its, you know, cultural significance. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to maybe just split the difference. Like, I... Only because I'm not sure, like, if I was younger than 20, I don't know what my connection to the Sandlot would be. But I think for a lot of people in their, you know, uh, late 20s to 40s, I think the Sandlot is a real touchstone. And, yeah, those scenes like the the rich and poor kids insulting each other with, you played ball like a girl, and the Wendy Peppercorn scene, I think they are really iconic. And I have even seen those parodied on Instagram on various like accounts trying to be funny. And There's stuff. also an so, episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine where they all play baseball against a rival ship of Vulcans. And it is kind of sandlotty. Just wanted to shove that in there. <laughs> Hear that? That's, this is the sound of all of our listeners skipping onto a different podcast. It's, it's, it's such a great show. <laughs> The episode is called Take Me Out to the Holosuite. Check it out. It's in season seven. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I, I think a fair, base, fair amount of our base has just been insulted by you, Aiden. I think you <laughs> underestimate how nerdy our base might be. Returnability, Aiden. Um, as I said, I've watched it a lot of times as a kid and I, I was watching it going, I'm going to show my son this, uh, both of them when they're ready. Like I'm, I'm pumped to watch it with them again because of that timelessness. And I think it does hold up pretty well. Um, am I going back for the sequels? No, I'm, I'm not even <laughs> going to try them despite the fact how much I love this one. Uh, three and a half. Eden. I, I'm probably not, I'm not that interested in going back to it. I'm happy that I saw it once and I'm happy that like, I sort of understand it, I thought it captured something really nice, but I'm going to go 2.5. Hmm, that's reasonably high for a kid's film, uh, for an adult, you know, for you, an adult man, to even 2.5 be returning. Uh, I'm going to go higher. I think this is a four. I think this film has a lot of rewatchability. One of the criticisms I read of it online is that it's not necessarily got heaps of depth, but I think that's true. But I think it's so fun. I think the pacing's so good. Uh, I think it's really rewatchable. And uh, I can, yeah, like you, Aiden, hope that I'm watching this with my kids one day. Partner friendliness. Before you throw out partner friendliness, should we change this because it is a kid's film that should it be friendly to watch with somebody else i don't know like i just feel like it's it's tough to throw out a date rating when it's <laughs> basis is 10 year olds yeah i think we have to keep it consistent keep it consistent i i agree you gotta this as a film to watch with a partner what do you think aiden uh it's yeah i i can't see it um winning the evening question did you watch it with your partner no i didn't um but mostly for the fact that she was busy but also i showed her the trailer and she was like oh yeah looks all right and walked off so yeah two i'll give it a two that like it's it's a pretty i wouldn't say it's a sexist film but it it's it definitely revolves around boys and there's not much in it for 
girls, to my knowledge, anyway. Eden. I still think that almost any movie can be a good uh, a good film for, to watch with a partner. I think that uh, even if it's a terrible movie, uh, there's still something to talk about afterwards with your partner. I'm going to go three. A solid three. I think there's... It's, it's, it's charming. And it's, uh, it's a movie that I think that you could watch with a with a partner and sort of go like, yeah, yeah, it might not be our cup of tea, but we can enjoy the experience. <laughs> I think it's a great Friday night film where you're maybe just getting a bit of takeaway pizza. You're just having a drink. It's light. It's fun. The great soundtrack helps. I did watch it with Ash, my wife. Had she seen she had it before? Never, never. She agreed on the proviso that she could do some uh, jobs. So she was like, yep. she's a speech pathologist. She was making some resources and stuff. But many times I watched her and her eyes were like fixed on the screen. And she was reacting to the Hercules scenes as though she was like a seven-year-old girl. There were times where she like genuinely like jumped and like uh, got a little bit spooked. So that was fun to watch. And, um, yeah, no, she really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half just based on her reactions, which were very positive. So, thus, the scores are in and we will tabulate them. Major League star Tommy Santarelli had a big time swing and an even bigger attitude. Bring it. Until one pitch. Send him back to the sandlot. I just can't believe what I'm seeing. Where it all began. It's all coming back to you. Now he's reliving the friendships. Oh, no way! Seven jawbreakers, ladies and gentlemen. He's gonna pop guy! <laughs> he's reliving the fun. Here, chin. Slap, slap, slap. Oh, sorry. And he's reliving the greatest moments of the game. <laughs> Join the adventure. This is crazy, guys. <laughs> and make every play count. We're out of here. So is this next pitch. <laughs> the Sandlot heading home. Imagine what you can get for this on eBay. What? Uh, we are back. Those numbers are crunched. And the Sandlot has pulled in a very respectable... Top 10 finish Ooh. on the leaderboard. With 38 points, it edges out, well, clearly, the inferior kids twaddle, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yes. <laughs> and is now our equal eighth ranked film. Oh, How does yeah. that sit with you, Eden? Not, not well. My wife is going to kill me. <laughs> oh, dear. Harry Potter lover. A massive Harry Potter lover. I've started reading the books because of that. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm, we didn't, I'm um, feeling dizzy. <laughs> I'm not sure we asked you, Eden. Did you watch this with your wife? And what did she think of it? Uh, I didn't, actually. She okay. came in a few times as the movie was on and uh, looked at it and then didn't seem too interested. Had she seen it before, though? No, she hadn't. Okay. And I don't even think she'd heard of it. Well... I would like you to tell her as soon as we stop recording that it is a better film than Harry Potter oh, and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh... 
As I mentioned earlier, this is a little bit of a sports series for us. We're uh, doing a little three-film trip around sports films that we haven't seen. Aiden, what have you got lined up for us next podcast? Yeah, next one, we're going from uh, America's pastime of baseball to America's pastime of basketball. And we are doing White Man Can't Jump. Uh, That's uh, Wesley, Woody. I'm pumped. Great film. Eden, is this another one you haven't seen? I have definitely not seen this movie as well. (laughs) Okay, so both of us for this one. (laughs) Basically, name a sports movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm annoyed that we wasted... We could have just done all Eden films. We could have done all the Mighty Ducks films. All of, like, it's... We could have just done a whole series of ones that Eden hasn't seen. How are you feeling, Eden, about suddenly having to watch three sport films in a row? I feel like I understand, finally, Aiden's pain of what you said last episode or the episode before. Is like, can't we just watch something good for once? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not inspired by the sports movies. I'll watch them so I can understand them. But it's... uh... Uh, It can be tough. (laughs) It's so interesting that you use the word inspired there, Eden, because that's literally what these films are for. Like, they're to inspire you. Like, it doesn't matter if you're into the sport, you're meant to be spurred on to be able to do great things and Uh, be part of a team and stuff. I'm inspired by a dude who goes out and fighting Nazis and trying to find archaeological rarities. (laughs) That's Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super relatable to my everyday life. No, but I don't want something that's relatable, relatable to my life. I want to go out there and, and watch a movie about something that I could only dare to dream about. All right, more arguing from us next episode. <laughs> I wonder if there are any sports movies set in space for you to enjoy. Space Ian. Jam. Space Jam? <laughs> Have you ever watched it? Uh, I haven't seen the second one. I think I might have seen the first one in primary school. Oh, Aiden. <laughs> If you haven't watched Space Jam, like the only sports movie with a sci-fi theme, then that's a write-off. You're a write-off. Hey, I love Looney Tunes as well, but like, I don't know, the the, the basketball angle didn't do it for me. (laughs) All right, well, this has been us. Thank you so much for listening. If you like us, jump online, find us on Instagram, give us a review, tell someone that you love the podcast, and most importantly, thank you and good night.